0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: believe. and Sarah talk about shoot songs. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 207 of Mark and Sarah talk about songs. You could say that there's no stopping us. Even Great. if you would like us to stop. <laughs> I Hi. am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and I am joined as ever by the sensational, the spectacular, the able-to-do-a-headstand-at-a-moment's-notice, Sarah
2: Debunting. Hello, Sarah.
0: Some of those things are true. Hello, Mark.
2: So, I hope that the headstand part is the true part. Oh, we will see very soon. <laughs> yeah. prove no, it, prove we it, won't. Prove it. <laughs> Thank God this is an audio medium. Is that can um, I ask the question, Sarah? Is that color of your walls
0: pumpkin? I don't know. It was like this when we got the place, and <laughs> it just seemed uh, I don't know. It seemed like or an energetic color
1: to have how an office be. So, <laughs> I left it. You may have clocked a couple of things are happening. One, we are on video today because we are joined by a very special guest whom we will formally introduce in a moment. But, uh, Sarah, why don't you tell us first what song are we talking about today? We
0: are talking about Ollie and Jerry's Breakin' soundtrack hit, Breakin' There's No Stopping Us, which, uh, like, the punctuation of this is a little unclear. We'll, we'll work it out um, in post. But uh, yes, this was the lead soundtrack track from Breakin', not Breakin' to Electric Boogaloo, but Breakin' 1, no kind of Boogaloo or Boogaloo Shrimp.
2: There was no Boogaloo happening in Breakin' 1, apparently. It was pre-Boogaloo, yeah. PB, it was PB. this is where the Boogaloo
0: was born. Um, So before we get into hearing a clip, spinning on our necks, any of that, we need to introduce our guest. I'm so excited that we could be joined by Clinton Sparks. Clinton Sparks is an entrepreneur, investor, executive, author, and marketing maven, disguised as a Grammy nominated multi platinum DJ, producer, and songwriter. He is the recent author of How to Win Big in the Music Business, with a foreword by Damon John. We have done none of these things, (laughs) which is why we're so psyched to welcome Clinton to the podcast today, because what better guest to talk to us about why a song does what it does than a song creator? Clinton, welcome. Thank you, Thank for you coming. very much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, America, that is not a sound effect. I have a group of people on standby over to the side, and that's I,
0: it- uh, they are socially distanced. I, I assure our listeners.
1: But what's crazy is that they—they're all in your pod, so you've just got them ready for you, and it's so—that's good forward thinking. Yeah, it really it's is. like
2: paying extras on the set of a movie. They're just always here to clap.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I
2: also just feel like
1: listeners you should know that if you have shaken your ass in the last 15ish years, it's highly likely that Clinton was involved in the music that made your ass shake. Uh, so I just want to say Clinton my <laughs> my ass thanks you what do I say? The point is um, you have really created a <laughs> lot of quite you've quite you' you've, you've had a hand in creating quite a lot of dope ass hits so uh, well you're welcome ass. Mark's ass and Sarah and Clinton talk about songs. I think that's the the show that's coming soon. So Clinton, tell us a little bit about your book. And I mean, the title seems pretty self-evident, but can you tell us a little bit about what we might find inside of it?
2: Sure. Uh, How to Win Big in the Music Business is the modern day guide to helping you navigate your way to winning big. Whether you want to be a singer, producer, DJ, rapper, A&R, manager, promoter, videographer, engineer, photographer, choreographer, shaking your ass, uh, any of the above or anything else, an executive. uh, This is the book that'll show you how to win big. And it really cuts through the fat. It cuts through like, it's not full of like legal jargon and all like things like, man, that's too difficult to understand. It's really setting you up with the psychology and the state of mind and the mentality to have uh, to really build a sustainable and scalable career in the music business. But uh, honestly, the principles and values in this book are transferable to any industry, including your personal relationships.
1: Well, I just also wanna stress that if you go to your website, clintonsparks.com, it is one thing that immediately jumps out to me is the fact that you have worked in so many industries and it immediately makes me think about what you just said that the things that you're talking about in this book are obviously related to your work in music, but you've done so much in so many areas that clearly it can translate to lots of people's professional goals, aspirations.
2: right? Right. I like my buddy. Um, do you guys know who Rob Dyrdek is the host of Ridiculousness? Yeah. yeah, sure. So so he calls me, uh, after he read the book and I got to talk to you, man. This is how he talks. Why did you limit this book to just the music business? This is a book about winning that life. Like he kept on going on. It's like, uh, the two reasons why is because obviously the independent and DYI, um, uh, music business is going to be a $2 billion industry by the end of next year. And there's nobody really out there guiding uh, and giving answers and helping people understand their way to winning. And I've watched people fail and make mistakes and be misled, misguided and misinformed for the whole 20 years of my career that I used to, and it used to frustrate me. I want to grab the world by the shoulders, like, no, stop doing this. That's right. wax. So, like even in my, even in the, um, my introduction, I, I say, I'm going to teach you how to do more dope shit and less whack shit. And that's really what it comes down to um, (laughs) is because when you think of like the young generation, all they really care about is how do I get famous? How do I get rich? How do I go viral? How do I get a deal? Right. They don't want to know all the minutia and and all that stuff. So it's like, it really cuts to the chase and shows that, but I'm also teaching you how to be a better business person. So I'm, I'm giving you the, the, the baby food, but I'm putting the medicine inside it. So you're actually becoming doper while learning how to win. So, you know, I had to do a music business book because it's what I'm mostly known for. And if I came out, you know, defend happy which is one of the ideas for one of my books like people are like what the fuck's a dj gonna tell me about defending happy you know what right, i mean so right like let me just do the low-hanging fruit and then when you start saying oh my god this is i learned more than just music in this then when i come with more books which i intend on doing i'm gonna put out books like i used to put out mixtapes right and i'm gonna just <laughs> nice. keep putting out books and growing and this was the first one so i'm excited I, did you try
0: to did you try to name it less uh more dope shit less whack shit and the publisher's like
2: "Mm." (laughs) you know what the original title was by the way i've never even told anybody this what i'm about to tell you the original title was the art of being dope yes okay
1: i feel like clinton you've just like tapped into like the spiritual channel of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) because we're not sure that we always succeed but we are trying to master the art of being dope (laughs) One step at a, a time, Lord. Uh, often just dope. You're close. trying to master
2: the art of being dope without the S on the end.
1: Right, right. Yeah, we so. want to be dope, not dopes. <laughs> I, I feel like there's at least 50% of our listeners right now who are like, well, you got to try harder, motherfuckers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, Clinton... <laughs> um, I, you guys remind of, me like you enjoy and revel in the 80s movies.
1: Of course yes. we revel in 80s movies. And in fact, that is a perfect segue. Uh, Sarah, why don't you Here talk I a little do. bit, I love it. Sarah, why don't you talk a little bit about why uh, breakin' There's No Stopping Us was the song that you wanted to bring to the table today?
0: Um, well, now we're um, straying a field into some whack shit because as so often happens, I write down in our like syllabus what the song that I wanna do and I feel very strongly about it. And then I fail to um, remember why. Uh, That was, and I just don't remember what journey brought me to Breakin', and Ollie and Jerry, I think I was, um, I think I was like researching something about ice tea and I realized this was his first film role or something like that. I don't know. But I thought we've got to, we've got to like dig into mid eighties dance movie soundtracks because there's gotta be some uh, gold there that not like undiscovered, but forgotten gold. Um so I, I thought the let's do has
1: a lot of that. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yes. I mean, I like made a whole list that it's like, well, I'm not sure how I'm going to find rad, but uh <laughs> we'll we'll work on it. And this is stuff that we would just like rent during college, get stoned by the video stores like ma'am. Is that is that a marijuana seed in the little in the little sprockets there? Like I don't know what you mean. <laughs> uh <laughs> so this was like a big part of my sort of mid and late adolescence but there's something about this song that like it both relies on the visuals and doesn't and it's both extremely evocative but then deceptively simple so that's one reason that i'm very excited that clinton is here so maybe he can like uh walk us through why a song like this works the way it does. So can we hear a clip and then we can
1: talk about it? Yes, without further ado, this was a number nine hit on the Hot 100. This is Ollie and Jerry's breakin' There's No stopping Us. Or a clip from it, at least. Now, Clinton, I noticed that you did have to get up out of your seat and dance along to that clip, but do you want to talk a little bit about what it is about this song that uh, made you feel like you had to uh, get up and move?
2: Well, I, I think that people our age uh, feel the need to get up and move because we remember that that song had visuals that were moving. Yes. Uh, so we want to emulate because that's what it makes you feel like doing because that's what you remember and recall seeing uh, connected to that song. So... Uh, that was why I felt it. And obviously, like, what would make me dance unless I knew that was from a breakdancing movie. You know what right, I mean? So, right, right. Like, um, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, like, songs like that. I mean, what what part in your life doesn't have music as a memory to that moment? I mean, think about it. Happy birthday, when you get married, at a graduation. Like, every single monumental moment in your life has a soundtrack to it, right? So if you're, you know, you're older from the 80s, like, that's part of the soundtrack of your life, and it has meaning, and it, it brings you back to that time, not only the movie in the moment that that song reflects in the movie, but also the time in your life, what you were going through, you know, whether you were being, you know, at good times, you lived in the suburbs, or you were hanging out with your friends, or you were breakdancing, you know what I mean? So I think that's the power uh, of music, and why it's so important for us uh, as humans to use music to connect with one another and to use as kind of uh, reminiscent moments for your life. Absolutely. And one of the
1: things that I love about this song in particular is because it evokes exactly the look, sound and feel of a certain street corner in the 80s. And even if I don't know the specific street corner, I kind of know the the massive the massive ultimate version of that street corner. Right.
2: And did I, you live did you live on a street corner
1: as oh, such? I actually grew up in the suburbs of Tennessee of Chattanooga, Tennessee. So there were no this was this is just the type of thing that I absorbed through MTV. And you know, right. I was like, but I like feel like I know it. And another thing that I really like about what this song evokes is the um, the way that dance music from this period was just so effortlessly joyful. Like, there's just there's nothing really. The, the goal of this song is just to make us f- happy. And you know, well, this, there's, there's no a, sad dance songs. Exactly. Well, it's, I mean, yeah. Until <laughs> you get sad, to Robin. Yeah. Until you get to dancing on my own, I guess. Oh yeah. But it's like it's <laughs> just like, um, but it's just so um, you know. It it wasn't too many years later when a lot of even mainstream pop songs started to fold in like sort of, you know, there's there's consistently been a thread through popular music where artists will sometimes want to take on really heavy stuff. They'll want to talk about major social issues, major political issues, but sometimes I just want my music to go ahead and make me feel good. And a song that can make you feel good instantly is hard to make, but this song does that.
2: Want to know the saddest, happiest song in the history of music? As soon as it comes on, you feel happy, but the context and the, and the concept of the song is, is miserable. You guys yes. know what that is? Uh, tell us. It comes on I lost my voice last night. What a fool believes. Oh, by the Doobie Brothers. Oh, okay. It's the happiest music, but the song is literally a song about a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> I think yes. you could yeah. actually
0: say that about a lot of disco that we've said, like the whole sort of Thelma Houston catalog and um I mean just don't leave me this way is like this is um longing, desperation, and despair, and you can't stop doing the right. hustle.
2: Right. How about how about when we were saying there's really no sad dance songs? I thought of it when you were talking, but I won't interrupt you. It's pretty sad when Billy Idol sings about dancing with himself. <laughs> Oh, yeah, unless for sure,
1: unless, <laughs> unless we think
2: he's talking about masturbating, and then it's like,
1: oh, <laughs> no, I mean, unless we fully do, and we're doing a whole episode about
0: uh knuckle shuffle songs <laughs> like in Clinton Weeks,
1: yeah, here's a spoiler you know, for alert kids, we literally are going to be ranking songs about masturbation in a few weeks, <laughs> so yeah. you know, I don't
2: know why. What songs are about masturbating? Except the only thing I can think about is a. uh. uh darling Nikki from from prince when he mentioned oh shit yeah that that's to the list. going on
1: the list um yep. she right by down. cindy lopper is about masturbating is it yeah yeah, yeah. it's about bob, um,
2: you bob we Bob. yeah i guess yeah. we all jerk off yeah it's true um
1: and then um i touch myself by the divinals right and blister in the sun by violent Femmes.
2: i always forget I that, one. that was a masturbating song yeah. yeah
1: um body and beats i stain my sheets she don't even know why <laughs> mm. Y'all, I wonder if see... there's any hip
2: hop songs that reference jerking off. Probably oh, there's got to
1: be. Okay, I'm gonna like literally making a note to
0: research that. <laughs> I know. I feel like the far side probably stepped to that at some point, but
2: oh, I think that would be anti hip hop to talk about that.
1: Yeah, because you're, you're supposed to just be having
2: sex. You no, know, you know, you're supposed to actually be like dominating every woman that walks by.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, <laughs> Now, Clinton, I want to talk to you based on the moves that I saw. It seems like maybe you have some actual breakdancing experience in your life. Uh,
2: do you? <laughs> well, my my streets were like the streets in breaking. So I grew up uh, like being like the only white kid in my neighborhood. Mm. Uh, so I that stuff is even more. um, um reflective of of my past because it was it was it was my past right uh, but yeah I came up a dancer I used to go on tour dancing I've opened for Usher and Missy and Buster oh, Rhymes man. and all those guys and uh like um I was a yeah I did it all yeah I was a dancer I used to choreograph the high school cheerleaders
0: yes oh man yeah
2: so
1: G code awesome. <laughs> so when you can, can you talk a little like was dance happening around you then because you're you're from the Boston area
2: correct from Boston. In, yeah. in Boston. Okay. Gotcha.
1: So when you were growing up in Boston, were, were, was dance like happening around you on the streets? Would you like see people just dancing sort of casually throughout the day at any point?
2: <laughs> I don't, I don't know any place in America where they just walked down the street and people are just dancing in cart. <laughs> I, I, I know, but, but I mean, uh, it's
1: like, um, did you, yeah, encounter... but it was
2: legitimately in the eighties. It was legitimately like, you know, there were kids doing, you know, yeah. Backspins and headspins and windmills and all that stuff. But, yeah. That wasn't like, culture was at the time yeah. that's like saying is it weird in your city right now that people are on social media no that's just what the culture is you right. know What i mean so in, in the 80s like wearing like a, a tr- an adidas tracksuit and wearing shell toes and having the hat on sideways and and just the whole style and the culture from the music to the slang to the fashion it was all it was all pretty much that movie was that i mean obviously breaking was kind of corny uh compared to what really goes on in the streets they you know they had to whiten it up You know what I mean? And make it nicer for the, for the movies to go into the movie. But like, uh, yeah, it was real. Like shit was real.
0: I mean, this is my, one of my favorite things about this song is that the snippet that we heard is basically the whole song. Like the song is quite long. (laughs) It's six and a half minutes, but there's not a ton of, um, lyrics. There's not a ton of like, um, you know, narrative terrain. Like (laughs) what you heard is what you get, which is great. (laughs) But, um, It evokes immediately, like, I'm from the um, suburbs in uh, North Jersey, so to go into the city, um, the big scary city where you get off the bus at Port Authority and, like, a junkie is trying to bite your mom, Mm -hmm. it was, like, a lot, but it was super thrilling, and, like, the second you hit 8th Avenue, there's, like, dudes with cardboard, there's the big boom boxes, and this um style and energy was like immediately around you it was so different from anything that i was around in my day-to-day and this song brings me straight back there to the point where i can like smell like all the exhaust from the cabs on 8th yeah, avenue Just, it's so yes I used to walk around so with so my, my, it, my big
2: boombox when i was 11, 12, 13, 14, like on the buses down the street. Like, I was that jerk kid that got on the bus with my music loud, and everyone's like, This asshole playing this <laughs> video, oh, sh- turn it off. Yeah. And, oh you know, and the number of D, D batteries that you would go yeah, through in a week, yeah, and D like, batteries. <laughs> and then, like, the kids would come up and be like, Hey, what size sneakers you wear? And I'm like, Why? And obviously, that's code for because I'm about to steal your sneakers if they fit me.
1: Right. You're like, um, Two, they're too small for you. I wear a size two, one, a zero. <laughs> I don't wear sneakers. These are not shoes. This is just my feet. They're two different sizes. It's a whole thing. Fuck off.
2: Now because You get some disease on your feet, so they don't want them. Right.
1: Um, (laughs) I mean, I've got, um, there's a lot of like pigeon blood in my shoes. You don't want this. I I promise you. Um, Now, because I am who I am, of course, I do want to talk a little bit about some chart facts relating to Ollie and Jerry. Um, They both had very interesting lives outside of the six minutes of this dope song. Ollie Brown and Jerry Knight are their full names. And they were originally in the band radio with Ray Parker Jr. That's how they started to work together. Right. Jack and Jill. Ray
0: with a Y. Ray. Yeah.
1: And then Ollie Brown went on to play drums and percussion on a shit ton of really good albums. Most notably, I think Michael Jackson's bad album. He does the percussion on man in the mirror. He does the percussion on the way you make me feel. And the way that makes me feel is good because that is probably my favorite Michael Jackson song so very cool then Jerry Knight who unfortunately died in the 90s he had cancer but before that he wrote and produced wait for it crush on you by the Jets I got a crush on you that man laid a blessing on us
2: (laughs) multiple (laughs) times in his life because you go
1: from this song to crush on you stop
2: yeah Mark how did you know that he did that because see what I did there Oh, hi! No, See, uh, see you, must, I so, know. you must have heard it from Jerry's best friend, because
1: he's always talking when he should be listening. <laughs>
2: hey, I, got a, I got an awesome story about your favorite song. Okay. From Michael Jackson.
1: Yes. Yes. The way so, you make me feel is excited right. to hear that story. Uh-oh. So
2: I was uh, a host on E! News for like five years, and I became really f- good friends with the chairman of NBC Universal. Um, and you know, when you're friends with the the biggest boss there, everybody else always is kind of, you know, every, most people are timid and nervous to go talk to the big boss, right? I'm the opposite. I'll go sit in your council. like, Dude, What are we doing today? Right. So, <laughs> so, awesome. everybody, so everybody else is like, man, how's he always hanging out with him? So we would have our annual like big, uh, NBC or it was Comcast and then NBC universal parties where all the networks would come. So he'd always come hang in the DJ booth with me. So He's up in the DJ booth and he's asking me to play a song and I play it and he's just partying up there with me. And you can see that there's other people that have been trying to be his friends for like 10 years. They're like, why does Clinton get to hang out with him? Right? So then I, I'm in, so I'm back as so I was in LA. I go back to Boston. My girl calls me. Uh, no, actually I was still in LA. My girl calls me in Boston two days after that. Um, it was like two in the morning and I'm in LA. I'm like, what the hell is she calling me back to back to back? So I answer the phone. Let me just say the whole part. So she calls me, someone's ringing our doorbell. Someone's ringing our doorbell crazy. I'm like, so answer it. She goes, it's 11 o'clock at night. who would be ringing our doorbell? And I can hear in the background, doo, 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 doo. I'm like, who is doing that? Sounds crazy and scary. So I call my friend who lives a few blocks away. I go, go to my house right now. Someone's at my door. So he goes there, he calls me, and he goes, yes, yeah, some car just pulled off. I'm like, go chase it. So he chases the car. I'm on the phone. I'm like, pull him over. Right? So then he pulls he gets in front of him, pulls in front of his car, stops him, and he gets out. He goes, what are you doing at my friend's house? I'm like, put me on speaker. So he puts me on. I go. What are you ringing my doorbell like that for? He's like, Oh, I got a delivery. I'm like, Who rings a doorbell like that, eleven o'clock with a delivery? I got a baby. Uh, So I was like, Give my friend the bottle. Well, I didn't know it was a bottle. Give him the package. So he gives him the package. The guy takes off. So I I call my girl at the time. I go, It it was someone delivering a package. My my buddy's gonna come give it to you. Everything's cool. She hits me 30 minutes later um, on the phone. She goes, Where are you? I go, I'm in the studio. She goes, Walk away from whoever you're with right now. And I'm like what does this mean? So now I'm going through my mind, like the past, like five years, what did I do that could maybe look suspect? Like I'm trying to think like real. So then like, I'm like, what's going on? She goes, um, her exact term was, I can swear on this, right? I've already oh, sworn. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. 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 Fuck yes. right. she, she goes, she goes, are you fucking gay? Right. And I was like, and I was like, And the reason she asked that, because like all my friends always joke around because I'm super friendly. I love everybody. Like I love everybody and anybody. I don't care who they are. Like so like um, and she goes, are you fucking gay? And I was like, why would you ask that? Right. And then she goes, why the fuck is a man named Ted sending you a bottle of Cristal, whatever it was at midnight? That reads the way you make me feel. Thanks for last night. Ted, right? So I'm like... <laughs> so yeah, that's like, a
0: little sus. Baby. Well, now
2: now here's here's where your song comes into play. Yes. Right? So Ted was in the DJ booth with me and kept begging me to play Michael Jackson, The Way You Make Me Feel. So in the card, he just wrote The Way You Make Me Feel. Thanks for last night, man. Thanks for an awesome party and playing my song. Here's a boy. Ted. So. Oh, my God. Amazing. Okay. So now, so now Ted purposely would send gay-sounding messages to me so yeah. she ever received it.
1: <laughs> Thanks my for the great God. ride last night. Yeah totally. yeah, totally. Dude, I'm having a
2: hard time. <laughs>
1: We should continue. There's no stopping, stopping us, 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 no, no stopping us. No stopping. Amazing. Dude, That's you really went
2: in last night. Oh, and the, all really, yes, the yes.
1: Um, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And um, I feel like, man, this is, um, we've reached the moment in every episode of Mark and Sarah talk about songs where we finally talk about dicks in one way or another. So mm-hmm. thank yep. God, Clinton. It's like, you've been here all along. It's, um, it's true
0: seamless as it were
1: well i want to say again clinton thank you so much for coming on the show this was <laughs> awesome thank you for talking about this amazing song sarah thank you for bringing in this amazing song and clinton tell us one more time now what's the name of that book
2: Name of the book is How to Win Big in the Music Business. It's available right now, winbiginmusic.com, winbiginmusic.com. Or you just go to my link at on all socials at Sparks, but in my link in Instagram, you can get the book. Dude, I want to thank you for getting people familiar with information that they may not have known because I never knew. In fact, it's so weird. I was driving down the street recently and a song by radio came on And I thought to myself, I wonder whatever happens. I think like Ray Park was like, man, you guys are whack. I'm out. I'm going to go do Ghostbusters. Less whack shit, more dope shit. Right. He's like, we're going to do more dope shit and be part of Ghostbusters. See you guys later. And then Ollie and Jerry were like, oh, really? Guess what we're going to do? We're going to write crush on you and we're going to go do percussion on Michael Jackson. So screw you and your Ghostbusters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There is literally no stopping us. God yeah. damn it. Well no, listen, yeah. listen, I live to do nerdy research. So I am glad I mean, wonder if
2: they wrote that song as kind of a low-key distant oh, Ray Parker.
1: I actually kind of like the thought that it is what that is. That the yeah. song is actually Let's start
0: beef thirty-five years later, involving one guy
1: who's actually already <laughs> Are dead. they all alive? No, yeah. Jerry's not alive, but Ollie and Ray are. So you know, what? Ollie and
0: Ray can fully rumble, mm-hmm. and then they can come on Mark and Sarah, talk about songs, and work it out. It's
1: like, we fucking see you, Ray. Okay, you thought sure. you could do that shit? Yeah, yeah. No
2: stopping us now. No stopping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, like the ad lib, he's like, "Yeah, Ray, no
2: stopping.
1: <laughs> Come for me, Ray.
2: Yeah. No oh my God, we better. yeah, What's we up, the bitch. Outfits. No one does it better. Look at
1: us. Oh, actually, though, that could be oh, one gosh. of your messages that you get from your friend. No one does it better than <laughs> just a little message sent to you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: totally." <laughs>
0: Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. Tweet us at talk songs, Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash to become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com mastass. And as always, thank you for listening.
2: Your to all your ah. you are
1: shoot mark and sarah talk about shoot mark and sarah talk about shoot mark and sarah talk about song